0: Hello friends, welcome to Running and Fitness with Raj. This show will bring you exciting and interesting guests and give you specific and actionable advice on your running, fitness and general health. Before beginning today's show, let me begin with a word of heartfelt thanks to a number of people who encouraged me, helped me on the way in uh, launching this podcast and in putting it together. So thank you so much, Anand Vasudevan, Vinas Mistri. Kiran Dev, Sonali Sharma, Vatsala Mamgain, Arvind Rajkumar, Smita Subramaniam, Santosh Padhi, Kiran Kapadia, and May Mariam Thomas. You have all given me valuable inputs. Many of you have listened to pilot and test episodes and given me invaluable feedback and continue to encourage and support the podcast. So, thank you so much for that. In today's episode, we will have Yash Muthian with us. Yash is one of the youngest and uh, best recreational runners in India today. Recently, in New Delhi 2020, he ran a sub-three-hour marathon, which, as you all know, is pretty rare, not just in India, but around the world. Yash has also been extremely supportive of the running community. Over the years, over four years, actually, he's been with the Nike Run Club and has helped train and pace over a thousand runners. In fact, the first time I met Yash was when he was... uh, pacing the sub-4-hour runners in the Mumbai Marathon a couple of
1: years back. So welcome to the show, Yash. Hi Raj, thank you very much for having me and it's an absolute pleasure to be on your show. Thank
0: you, thank you, Yash. So uh, uh, without further ado, let me hand it over to you. Just give us an introduction about yourself, how you got into running, how has been that uh, journey and also would like to hear what you've been up to in the
1: last uh, few months. Yeah, sure. So, Raj, my running journey in some sense started in a hospital room. I was 15 and diagnosed with borderline cholesterol. It was also a point when I weighed 95 kgs at that time. And basically for me at that point, lunch used to be Oreo biscuits and dinner used to be Maggie and the likes. Uh, So, yeah, basically I began running when I was 15 years old. And this was because I wanted to get into shape. And funnily enough, also because I was entering junior college the next year. And in some sense, every teenager is very vain in the sense that you want to look good and fit in. Uh, so, basically, luckily for me, I didn't have to look too far for inspiration. Uh, my father, Hemant Muthyan, has been running for the last 30-odd years and has a very similar fat-to-fit story. So, on my first day, I wore his old running shoes and headed out for a run. Uh, my first run lasted exactly 200 meters. I walked back home, bored and tired. Uh, the reason I stress upon this humble beginning is to tell the the beginners that every one of us has had a very tough beginning, uh, and then over time I then joined Striders. They are probably India's largest training group now, but back then they were about ten coaches and ten. I mean, sorry, about two coaches and ten trainees. Uh, and over there, I found great company. So we ran, stretched, did drills, and also played handball in those days. Uh, I think the reason I continued running from then is because. Even after the weight loss, I think the biggest reason was the community. The people were very kind, very welcoming. And given that running back then was a middle-aged man's sport, for the first time in my life, I had actually found mentors. Over time, I ran a half marathon, then a full marathon, and then marathons in different cities and countries, etc. And then the timings began to improve. Uh, People began to ask me for running tips. I began to think like a runner, eat, feel, behave like a runner. And yeah, basically 10 years later, some things have changed. But at the heart of it, I think my love for the running sort of journey remains just the same. Such an
0: inspiring uh, story, Ash. Uh, Thank you for uh, sharing it. It's uh, it's something which a lot of runners, uh, you know, even when I started, I think in your case, you said 200 meters. I went out and uh, I ran for uh, less than a minute. And uh, I'm sure I made all the same mistakes that you did, which is probably going out too hard had unreal expectations or really didn't know what to expect uh, so in terms of uh, some of the changes and adaptations that you have made over the years uh, can we begin by touching upon touching upon that and i also want to know how you progressed you said that you know you, you ran a few shorter races um, like maybe a 5k or a 10k to begin with and then you know graduated to the marathon so let's just go through that uh, that whole journey the adaptations and would be also very keen to hear about uh, some of the things that you wish you knew when you were when you started running uh, because obviously that you would have probably learned through hard experience so so that we, you know our listeners can also benefit uh, from your experience
1: yeah absolutely absolutely raj so i think uh, just in a very broad sense i first ran my first half marathon at age 16 Uh, Then I ran three years of only half marathons before making it to the full marathon. I think looking back in hindsight this has really helped me and this is something I would really sort of you know also tell new runners is that please take it slow at you know every single step of the journey. I see so many people sort of moving on to the full marathon very quickly and to be very honest it's it's an entirely different beast. Um, I think I have picked up a few sort of thoughts and learnings over time and then converted them into basically five or six key principles that at a very high level dictate my running now. Look, most of us have some idea about it. But what I've also learned is that just like you said, majority of us will only learn this the hard way. But I'll anyway share them with you. Uh, I think the first lesson that I really learned very early on and that I was just talking about is to always start slow. So be it a training block, be it a run, be it a new program, you always want to ease into it and then peak at the right time. Uh, The second uh, principle that I uh, now follow is to always build a very strong aerobic base. Uh, The way to do this is to really train your legs to handle the mileage and then do majority of of your running at a very easy effort. So the easy effort could basically be defined as say 60 seconds slower than race pace or at a heart rate of about 80 percent of your maximal heart rate um, which to be honest I think Matt uh, Fitzgerald like we were just discussing in his book 80-20 does an extremely good job of, sort of talking about this uh, the third thing I would say is focus on your entire overall conditioning uh, this is one aspect that I learned fairly late in my in my running journey but I added a, you know some amount of yoga and core work to my training in the last two three years and it's actually worked I mean extremely well for me so in Tokyo 2019 I actually dropped 20 minutes in four months in my marathon time and look very honestly I think yoga and co-training had a lot to do with it Uh, the fourth principle I would say is that diet plays a very key role again I'm no expert on this topic but you should definitely figure out what works for you so personally I turned vegan last year I've dropped weight gained muscle uh, begun to sleep better and the change after that has been phenomenal for me uh just you know one more thing I would say is basically purposeful recovery, uh, which basically means that you ensure you are sleeping well, hydrating well, and on your rest days you truly focus on the the body and the mind. Uh, to put it differently, I would say that your rest day is the absence of a hard workout, but your rest day is not the presence of pure indulgence. Uh, and one last aspect that I have now developed over the last, I would say one year is mental training. Uh, It's a fairly new concept for me as well, but basically at the heart of it, uh, if you were to, you know, very simply think of it, it is the fact that, you know, just as you train your legs to uh, run for two, three, four, five hours, you also want to train your mind to push as hard for that amount of time. Uh, The mind is a very tricky beast and what I also learned over time is that if you can channelize it correctly, it can actually work wonders for you. So, yeah, basically, you know, my journey in some sense has now become about these five, six principles that I just spoke about, Raj. And uh, I think the most important one of those, I would say, is the first one always, always starts. Yeah,
0: I cannot stress the importance of that. In fact, uh, I also on a one on one basis uh, coach uh, you know a few people and uh, I myself have been doing that uh, to build a good aerobic base uh, in between races. Uh And, uh, you know, people are always surprised, like, you know, my last marathon, I ran at a pace of 4.45 per kilometer, while I'm right now training at 7, 7 minutes, 20 seconds per kilometer. And what happens is that you build an extremely good aerobic base. Now, what I am also sticking to is when doing that, I stick to 100% nasal breathing. I don't. So because that's a very good self-governor, I find. The moment you are pushing yourself a little too hard, you obviously have to switch to mouth breathing. So it's also a good, uh, you know, good uh, way to control your pace uh, without, without you realizing it uh, or without you actively thinking, uh, thinking about it. To me, that is, uh, you know, as you reiterated in the end, to me, that is the biggest uh, lesson which uh, every one of us who are getting into actually not just running any, any kind of endurance activity can, uh, can uh, start with. The other point which uh, you also mentioned is about overall conditioning. And here I remember the strength running coach I follow is a person called Jason Fitzgerald. Not Matt Matt Fitzgerald, but Jason Fitzgerald. And he said it very well. He said that think of yourself not as a runner, but think of yourself as an athlete whose main activity is running that is the way to think about it and it's not like cricketers or baseball players or footballers or basketball players don't do a lot of conditioning work uh, they do spend a lot of time in the gym and all of that so it's uh, it's very very inter- you know interesting that uh, you touched upon that also and i have also become very fascinated over the last uh, few years about the mental training uh, aspect of it it uh, you know things like visualization and basically just when you go out and do any activity just to be in the moment so avoid you know, distractions like, uh, you know, listening to the, listening to music or or anything else the whole time. I mean, occasionally you, you will do it. Uh, we are all humans at the end of the day. But, you know, there should be some workouts, some sessions where hopefully you are, you know, concentrating also not just on your physical activity, but uh, what is going through your mind. What is, you know, you feel tired, but are you really tired? Can't you run another kilometer or two kilometers at a slightly you know, at the same pace and things like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, very, uh, very, very useful. Can we just come back to this whole switch to a vegan diet? Uh, so, just just take us through a little bit of that journey. So, were you a vegetarian before that or were you a non-vegetarian? How did you make the switch? Yeah. Sure.
1: So, so, basically, I was vegetarian before this, uh, you know, for the first sort of 26 years. Uh, and... To be honest, it then got to a point where I then figured out that my dairy intake is very, very high. Uh, You know, at at one point, I used to have five to six cups of tea in a day. I used to have a lot of paneer. Um, I used to basically find myself doing, uh, you know, a diet which was fairly sort of non-optimal for the amount of running performance I was hoping to get out of it uh then one fine day in november last year i was having breakfast with a few friends one of my friends priyanka bagai is a sort of nutritionist um and you know she basically got a few of my other friends to also switch to a vegan diet for the last few months um you know again all of this collided with the launch of the game changers on netflix Uh, and yes it sounds fairly cliched but you know a few of us sort of got motivated by that change and by that whole move Uh, and for me the whole switch to a vegan diet was basically one where I felt that look you know what is to lose Uh, so so you know for me the change was fairly instant the the first month of me sort of cutting out dairy I felt less bloated I was sleeping better I was uh, I actually sort of lost four kgs in a month and I was just, you know, uh, stunned at the whole sort of output. Uh, so for for me, it then became, you know, this sort of experiment to a point where I, f- you know, then felt that, look, I have my Delhi marathon in Feb this year. So for the next three months, can I really stay vegan? Can I really see what this brings out of it? Uh, you know, to my surprise, I was, you know, at one point recovering faster than ever before. So the whole Fitzinger plan that I was following had for example a few weeks where you know on Saturday you go and do a 10k time trial and then on Sunday you do a sort of 27k at almost close to race pace and all of these tough workouts I was just sort of acing it Uh, and I really felt that the big change was the whole you know transition to a vegan diet Uh, again I'm no sort of scientist behind this but I'm but you know my sort of you you know general advice to people has been that look what is the harm in trying Um, you know Look at a very high level, just give yourself three weeks of this change. If you think it works for you, great. If you think it doesn't, you know, always just uh, sort of switch back to it.
0: That's that's very interesting because uh, the diet and uh, nutrition is something which a lot more people are today focused on. And uh, they also get a bit uh, confused and don't know really where to start. And the fact that, uh, you know, you made this switch, stuck with it for a few weeks to see how this whole thing works out i think is very sound advice what often people struggle with is uh, in terms of where to start they don't they don't really they don't really know and then you know they some of them at least have this unreal expectation that you start change, seeing changes very quickly it may not happen it may happen for some people for many people it may not happen so one has to give a bit of time for it to uh, work, or not, or or, or or make the judgment that it is not uh, it is not working. Uh, moving on to this uh, training plan that you mentioned, you talked about um, Fitzinger's plan, but what are some of the methods that you have used in the past, and what do you see as the differences? What are some of the key workouts or uh, uh, workouts or uh, uh, trials that you do? You talked about a ten k time trial, for example. Uh, can you just take us through that journey and that transition to now fit, fit singer, which you seem to be following?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. So basically, Raj, you know, I think it would be fair to say that my running journey has, uh, you know, been in two parts. The first six, seven years was a time when I trained myself and listened to people in bits and pieces. Uh, it was a time when if someone said intervals is good, then great, I would add, add intervals to my training. If someone said that look you know fartlek is the new buzzword so now I would add that too. If someone said you know what start having sattu instead of protein I would start add that you know all of that too. So it basically got to a point in the first six seven years when I was just following people blindly. Uh, I've tried multiple plans four times a week five times a week. I've tried the whole fad around run less run faster. All of those things didn't work for me because my legs couldn't handle the race day mileage. Basically I you know I Often at multiple points, find, you know, just found myself breaking down around the 35th kilometer and I basically needed much more strength and a, a much more sort of comprehensive training plan. Um, it also made me realize that I need to fully subscribe to one school of thought. You know, all of these schools of thought have the eventual same end goal, but you need to basically at some level fully ascribe yourself to one path and then just stay there. And that is when back in 2018, I read Advanced Marathoning by Pete Fitzinger. So I have trained with Fitzinger plans thrice. Uh, For the first time in Berlin 2018, I didn't fully enjoy it. The second time in Tokyo 2019, I actually dropped my time by 20 minutes like I was saying. And then I ran 3.11. And then in Delhi 2020, I ran... You know, the most perfect race of my life. Uh, So look, basically it was a sub 3. It was 259 with the two splits being 129 and 130. And you know what, before going into it, I actually knew that I would do it. You know, it was that amount of sort of confidence, but it basically came around the third time of doing it. So basically the book, right, as the name suggests, is a fairly advanced book. Uh, And you know, you, you and at some level, you have to be a runner who's comfortable running 60, 70 kilometers per week, Actually, before getting into these plans, I had also sort of briefly read through Hansen and I know that, you know, you've been following Hansen for a fair bit. But basically, the you know, the way uh, Fitzinger plans work is that they're based around four key pillars, I would say. I think the first thing there is that there are multiple pace categories. So I actually followed eight different paces. There was a race pace, long run pace, medium long run pace, tempo run, VO2 max intervals, strides, GA runs, etc. Uh, but, you know, my point behind listing these is, is actually not to sort of overwhelm the listeners. The point I'm trying to make is that for the first time, my run wasn't just a run. It actually felt like a purpose-driven workout which is intended to make specific training gains. Uh, the crucial thing to remember, this, the second part of Fitzinger's stance is that about 90% of my training was at slower than race pace. So, and you know, even of this, I would say that 75% of my training was about 60 seconds slower than race pace which actually brings me to my third point which is that the key focus of you know these plans is on mileage and on cumulative fatigue so i actually followed the 88 to 113 kilometers per week plan where for 18 weeks my average distance was 100 kilometers per week and my recovery week was about 88 kilometers so it's a fairly advanced plan and like i was saying you basically need to be fairly comfortable with the mileage And, you know, the the thing that, that, you know, at some level does help with the mileage is the fact that you're running most of your miles fairly slower than race pace.
0: No, that's absolutely true. In fact, uh, just to give you a quick uh, perspective on Hanson's, which you may know, but for the listeners, it's not too different, frankly. I mean, obviously, the absolute mileage peaks at around 100 uh, kilometers, which is what I have done. Uh, so, to that extent, the number of miles may be 10% or 15% lower. But my average, when I look at uh, marathons like uh, Berlin or Mumbai or any of the ones I have run, I, and I keep pretty detailed records, uh, which is that was around 75 kilometers a week during that uh, 18 week uh, period. And again, in the Hansen's plan also, there is a great emphasis on doing a lot of your mileage at really slow, easy pace. And there it's not even, you know, slower by 60 seconds. It's slower. I mean, there is no pace. Yep. So my, uh, I would think that more than 60% of my runs in any training phase would be at least uh, one and a half to two minutes slower than my uh, race pace. Frankly, those runs, I don't really look at pace. I just, you know, just go by feel. It's, it's a distance-based plan. So if it says, you know, run 10 kilometers, I just run. If I take 70 minutes, I take 70 minutes. Some days I may take 65 minutes. Some days I may take 60 minutes. Frankly, I don't care. It just just goes by your, uh, it just go by your, uh, you know, feel. And again, I completely endorse the point that you can't, you know, mix and match and, you know, cut and paste different plans. One has to stick and believe and trust a plan one is following or a coach one is following and take it to its logical end. If it doesn't work, you will know it on your race day or after a period of time. Often a lot of people are not fully confident. They are not fully invested in a plan or in a method. And then you do multiple things from many plans and then they say the plan didn't work. But frankly, you never tried the plan in the way it is supposed to be. So that's that's very, very interesting. And I completely echo what... Uh, what you were saying so coming to uh, coming to your conditioning what are some of the changes you uh, made you touched upon the fact that uh, you developed your you know core strength and things like that uh, were there at some point where you took up for example weight training and the reason i am asking that is uh, for a long period i was personally doing only body weight training twice a week but then this uh, coach i mentioned jason Fitzgerald, i came across him and He's a fantastic runner. He's like a 240 marathoner himself. And he was very, very strongly recommending doing weight training and not weight training, obviously, with the objective of building, uh, you know, like a bodybuilder, but basically making sure that it is a bit more than body weight exercises. So you do the same squats and lunges and w- what have you, but with weights and that too, weights which you can handle. Again, this is not you know, prescriptive about the weight you should lift you do as you can comfortably do. So can you just take us through that journey about not just weightlifting, but about conditioning that you went through? Yeah,
1: sure. So Raj, you know, look, I mean, at the outset, the biggest constraint that I had was the fact that, you know, I think just like most others, my days were always fairly long. And, you know, which basically means that if your morning is a run, then your evening has to be fairly sort of, you know, quick in terms of the core work that you are doing. Uh, so the plan that I basically made for myself uh, for Tokyo and for New Delhi was that on the weekends I would do about 45 minutes of yoga on both days Uh, this is basically sort of Saturday evening Sunday evening at my balcony Uh, also given the fact that I you know I didn't have access to a gym uh, what I then began to do during the week was I basically just you know worked off this app called the Nike training club app uh, you know there you have these sort of short 15-20 minute workouts uh, where basically what you do is you know it is a sort of self-guided free-for-all uh, flow app uh, where in some sense it is about 20 minutes of extremely simple core activity for me it made a massive difference because my base before that was, was almost zero uh, so you know those gains were fairly large and, you know, basically done over about 18-20 weeks, it then sort of accumulates to a sort of extremely strong core. Uh, but yeah, to basically summarize it, sort of nothing much, uh, you know, some some amount of yoga on the weekends and some extremely simple core work, maybe once or twice in a week in the sort of evenings or the sort of late nights. But that's uh, pretty much it. So you have not uh, done training with weights? I have tried doing weights. Uh it's never worked for me to to be very honest because I always found myself feeling extremely hungry, feeling extremely sort of bulky after about three, four weeks of weights. But again, all of this is very personal. Um I'm not sort of against weights. I'm just saying that it you know, it didn't work for me sort of extremely well back then and which is why I was sort of skeptical about picking it up once again.
0: Okay. Uh, that's uh, that's quite uh, quite helpful. And the app you mentioned was Nike Training Club, not Nike Run Club. No, right. no, no. This is the Nike Training Club app. Correct. Okay, got it. Okay, thank you. So now you know with uh, races and things like that not happening probably for a few more months, and who knows how long. How are you approaching your currently your training? Uh, how do you? And equally interested to know how you keep yourself uh, motivated because none of us have any event or a race coming up in the foreseeable
1: future so for me the lockdown happened a few weeks after i ran my goal race which was the delhi marathon in february so personally the lockdown didn't hurt my training as much Uh, in some sense it also gave me the chance to really refocus my energies and over the last three months i've worked extensively on my core and general conditioning Uh, you know basically as a result i feel like a much healthier runner And in some way, the lockdown truly ensured that I was also sticking to my frustrating core workouts at home and not running again. Uh, Also, Raj, you know, at some level, looking forward, I keep reminding myself of two things. I think firstly, the joy of running does not stop, right? Even for you and for me, although, you know, some amount of uh, sort of uh, running that we do is, you know, always towards a race day, but I don't think our love for running is basically dictated by a race day. Uh in a world where you know most of us, including me, have hardly any control over so many things. I think running keeps all of us grounded. And for that I'm very thankful and I, I don't think running goes away. And I think secondly, I honestly love the whole running community, right? Uh, these people are my closest family and friends. If nothing else, I want to keep running so that I can keep waving out to these people. Uh, the Strava banter, the WhatsApp discussions, the jokes, they truly are the best part of my day. And in a time that's very uncertain, running brings a fair amount of certainty to our to I mean all our lives, which really works for me.
0: Okay, great. Uh, no, I echo uh, the point that it is something we do for uh, some amount of some amount of mental peace and some amount of physical conditioning. So both. Uh, so actually, one of the points you said, you know, you know, is a good segue to one thing I wanted to ask you. So how did you get involved with uh, Nike Run Club and uh, you know, the pacing and training of so many athletes. I mean, over a thousand runners uh, over, up, you know, and that too for a quite a long period of time. How was that experience? What can
1: you share with us uh, about that? Yeah, sure. So Raj, my journey with Nike started when I was 19 years old, back in 2013. Um, and it was the year that I was running my first full marathon, that year at TMM. And, um, you know, after that, that journey has just sort of blossomed into this sort of uh, relationship, you know, which has worked, I mean, extremely well for both Nike and for me. Um, in 2014, they had this campaign, which was the We Run Mumbai campaign. I was part of that. They were kind enough to feature me on some billboards across the city. Uh, in 2015, they all, you know, we all went together, uh, you know, for the V uh, Run Himalayas challenge in Ladakh for over a week. Um, it was a sort of great time actually sort of meeting runners, locals from Ladakh, um, you know, the amount of perspective that I've gained because of that has been just uh, phenomenal. And then in 2016 is when the Nike Run Club in Mumbai got revamped from Kandivali and then moved on to town where, you know, i mean extremely close to where I live and then, you know, we basically created this sort of 10-12 member strong Pacer team uh, of which I'm a part of. Uh, the the So in one sentence, I think the common objective of this club was to really help new runners Uh, in some sense uh, pick up their running journey Uh, you know as part of that over the last four years i think we've helped a few hundreds if not a few thousands of runners uh, really sort of start off on their running journeys Uh, you know all of these are people who at some level have gone on to run their first marathon their first half marathons we've eventually you know so look eventually this these relationships have also become sort of friendships uh and most recently two of my friends one pacer and one runner actually sort of ended up getting married uh so it's been this sort of phenomenal uh sort of time for all of us and yeah i've just sort of enjoyed every bit of it
0: in fact the first time i introduced myself to you was i don't know whether you recollect uh, when we were uh running the mumbai marathon uh in 2018 and you were pacing the four-hour group
1: yes i remember and i was
0: uh it was my first marathon so and uh just like you, you know, nobody can forget their first marathon. And I was trying for a little uh, faster time somewhere between, uh, you know, 3, 5, somewhere around 3.55, 3.50 to 3.55. But I ran with you and it was such a, uh, for a, for a, you know, about 10, 15 minutes we were running together. And it was such a pleasure because, uh, you know, one of the patches I still remember was on Pedder Road. And you kept telling people that look, this is not such a big climb. A lot of people talk a lot about this and you were telling people and motivating them. And, you know, I I frankly just, you know, didn't realize the the way we climbed and came down and all that because you were just chatting with everybody. And I hope, you know, most people didn't even, you know, stress about it at all. So thank you for for that. I think a lot of us uh, clearly uh, benefit from uh, a lot of that uh, kind of approach that you have. So, uh, now let's move on. You know, uh, as uh, I have a fun segment in my my discussion where we run through a quick uh, quiz. Uh, So, we will jump into that if you are all right with that. Yeah, absolutely. Before we start the quiz, I want to let listeners know that all the resources being discussed here are included in the show notes. So, do refer to those uh, links for further information. I also request all of you who are listening to please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word. Please also leave a review on iTunes as it will help enormously to grow the show. Now to the quiz. Okay, so that's a quick set of five questions which is related to running, fitness, uh, diet. Uh, so let's start with one question on uh, diet. Uh, there is a gentleman by the name of Donald Watson who uh, formed a society and uh, coined a new term to describe a particular type of diet. Uh, this was way back in 1944. Uh, Which type of diet are we talking about? Uh, Vegan diet. I knew you would probably know that at the back of your hand. Uh, The next one is uh, related to yoga. Again, a topic you are quite familiar with. Uh, There is a a term which is used for a type of very deep and rhythmic breathing. Uh, Not just in yoga. It's even in fact used uh, in Taoism. Maybe the term is different. But what is the term used in yoga? Ujjayi breathing, right? Ujjayi breathing. Uh, yeah, that's true. It, it is J.E. Uh-huh. breathing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you have read this book. Uh, if not, you should absolutely read it. Uh, this is Christopher McDougall's book, Born to Run. Yeah. And here he talks about an incredible running crime uh, in I'll just stop
1: you there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Uh, moving on, uh, what is the, the essential fatty acid which is uh, common in fish as well as certain nuts and seeds?
1: Omega-3.
0: Okay, Omega-3. Fantastic. Now, the last one uh, is again on running. Uh, Sir Mo Farah is the only guy who has done what is called as the quadruple double, which is winning the 5,000 meters and the 10,000 meters in two consecutive Olympics. And then in between, in the world championship, he again won the 5,000 meters and the 10,000 meters. Uh, Do you know where Sir Mo was born? Which country? Ah... It can't
1: be United Kingdom because then that would be too easy. Uh, oh, it's not United Kingdom. No, no, I, I know, I know. Uh, is it uh, Senegal for the?
0: No, it's actually Somalia. He okay. was born in Mogadishu yeah. in uh, in uh, Somalia. So, so uh, you know that leads me to the next question. Uh, you spoke about the Nike training club uh, as uh, one of the resources that you use, uh, and, li- and listeners uh, are always interested in the guests' recommendation on some of the other things that they use, whether it, these are some experts you follow through blogs or websites or podcasts or YouTube channels or, for that matter, other
1: books. So can you give us a few uh, recommendations? Yeah, sure, Raj. I think, I think the you know, in terms of books, the first one that I have mentioned already is by Pete Fitzinger, I mean, Advanced Marathoning. Uh, and the one book that I would also highly recommend is Bounce by Matthew Sile. Uh, This book basically talks about how talent is very overrated and and basically that persistence is everything in life. Uh, It's how I approach running and it's it's how I aspire to also, uh, I mean, approach life. Uh, One more recommendation would be Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. I mean, fantastic book book for for both runners and sort of of hobby listeners. Uh, In terms of blogs, I think one blog with a very light touch that I do love is uh, Runner's World. And in terms of YouTube, uh, one channel that I've really enjoyed over the last few years has been the one by Gwen Jorgensen. She is a sort of U.S. Olympic triathlete turned marathoner. Um, she has some fantastic tips for runners and especially for female runners as well.
0: Okay, that's, uh, that's quite, uh, quite helpful. Uh, and
1: uh, any podcasts you follow regularly? Uh, so couple of those actually uh, the name doesn't sort of uh, strike my mind right now but I'll just sort of share them with you for the show notes uh, because I just sort of you know have the podcast sort of downloaded directly but I will have to sort of go back okay. to the names sure uh, that that's fine uh, and
0: if, if if people want to get in touch with you where can they get in touch with you do you I mean your
1: WhatsApp, what are your social media handles or an email you can share whatever you are comfortable sharing yeah yeah so on mail I'm at uh, my first name dot last name Yash yash.muthiyan at, at gmail.com uh, then social media I'm not too active on twitter but I'm at marathoner muthu on, on Instagram uh, and I also have my own blog which is marathoner muthu dot blogspot dot com uh, I'll just share all of these links with you yeah no
0: I, I actually follow your blog and I highly recommend uh, people to do that as well and uh, Yash as you know is somebody who's been involved with helping runners and uh, other people who are interested uh, in fitness in general so do get in uh, do get in touch with him so fantastic having you uh, Yash uh, thank you so much for your time thank you for everything that you are doing to the community and i look forward to seeing you in
1: person soon yes raj and likewise thank you very much for having me over
0: thank you very much to all the listeners as i mentioned all the resources discussed here are included in the show notes so do refer to those links for further information. You can reach out to me on my social media handles, which are Running and Fitness with Raj on both Instagram and Facebook. And you can also email me on runningandfitnesswithraj@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please let me know if you have any questions or specific guests you would like to see on the show. I also request you all again to please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word. Please also leave a review on iTunes as it will help enormously to grow the show we will continue to bring you exciting and interesting guests and give specific and actionable advice. Stay safe, stay healthy, and till the next show, goodbye.